if you're able and willing, I'd, uh, I'd love for you to join me in reading the Apostles' Creed this morning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. So this morning we're looking at the communion of saints. And a couple of weeks ago we talked, we talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit and how he is an agent of birth. Actually, she, that's a bad word. I, I should have said she is an agent of birth. And how the Spirit hovered over the water and said, let there be life. And how then the Spirit hovered over Mary and also said, let there be life. And the reason that the church follows the Spirit in the creed is because it is a result of the Spirit. Right? And we see this in Acts when the Spirit is poured out on all the people in Acts 2. And because the Spirit is the inspiration for the church, the people of God, the church, or the communion of saints, also takes on the characteristics of the Spirit. What does the Spirit do? Do you remember? Points to Jesus. In his book, The Third Peacock, Robert Farrar Capon writes, the principal function of the church is to be the sign of the mystery of the word, which is precisely what we mean when we call the church the mystical body of Christ. Using people to be the image of God in the world seems like a terrible plan. You know, I can just imagine the three persons of the, of the Godhead sitting around discussing this plan before they create. And right, the Son comes to the Father and, with the Spirit and says, hey, let's create people with the freedom to make their own choices, even to love us or not. And the Father says, yeah, Son, that's a great idea. Let's give them the ability to be creative and destructive. And the Spirit jumps in and says, yeah, and let's make, let's make them be filled with me so that they point to us. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a great plan. But the communion of saints is the living, breathing Christ on earth for people to touch and be touched by. Hands, feet, heart. And yet we also have to remember that it is dirt, and breath. Oregon, the, the early church father wrote, Jesus is always being falsely accused, and there is never a time he is not being accused. He is still silent in the face of this and does not answer with his own voice, but he makes his defense in the lives of his genuine disciples, for their lives cry out the real facts and defeat all false charges. Their lives cry out the real facts and defeat the false charges. That's a big job. 
The communion of saints points to the character and likeness of Jesus. That must include forgiving each other when, not if, we mess up. So what is this communion thing, right? The word that is most often used in the New Testament as communion is koinonia, and it means several things. The first thing it means is fellowship, which isn't a word we often use, but it means like camaraderie or connection. And it means fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with the Father, fellowship with the Spirit, fellowship with one another, and fellowship in suffering and resurrection. But koinonia also can mean participation. Participation in the gospel, participation in faith, participation in the body. And koinonia can also mean sharing or contributing. So the communion of saints is this. It's the fellowship of the saints, the participation of the saints, and the sharing of the saints. I don't know if you notice the same thing I notice about those words, but fellowship, participation, and sharing are all action words. And they aren't simply our actions or our efforts, but the flow of the Spirit within us, through us. There is a real sense that the communion of saints is living and breathing like a body. Most of you slept last night, I hope. You know that when you're asleep, your body continues to create cells, to divide cells. Your lungs continue to breathe. And if they stop to do that, you would just be a dead body. The communion of saints, where the church is active in the world, or just like our bodies, it would be dead. If we are the body of Christ, we must be active because the Spirit is active. Not just in us, but in all of creation. And again, it is not that we're trying to achieve this life, but that life pours out from within. And when I thought about that, I thought about the trees, the maple trees this year. A maple tree doesn't force the sap to the tap in its tree. It is simply so full that it flows out. Revelation 19, 68 says this. Then I heard again what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. The syrup of God's people, or the church, that overflows is in its actions. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. It is in its participation in the life of God, in the life of creation. It's in its sharing of life with God, with others, with each other. St. Catherine of Siena saw the church as a pregnant bride, ready to birth life, full of life. And this is wonderful imagery because it flows from the Trinity, right? The Trinity gives birth to creation. 
The Spirit causes Mary to give birth to life itself. And through the death of Jesus and the work of the Spirit, that life is passed into the womb of the church. The church is full of the life of God, pregnant with it. What does that mean for us? John 14, 12 to 14 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We will do even greater things. Greater things than turning water to wine, than walking on water, than calming storms. And I know often when I think about that, I I have this desire to do these miraculous things. But I think that the greater things that Jesus is calling to us are beyond those kinds of miracles. Things like loving our enemies, things like staying in relationship or fellowship with those who disagree with us. I often want those greater things to be public healings for those of my friends who are struggling. But in reality, the greater things that I see God calling us to are healing, healings that take years, years of perseverance, years of commitment, years of love. And it heals not just the person receiving the healing, but the person who is giving the healing. We will do even greater things. So we know what communion is. It's fellowship, it's participation, and it's sharing. But who are the saints? The saints are the whole church, the entire thing. Past, present, and future. You know, the stained glass windows here and in many churches should remind us of this, right? When we take communion, we don't take it alone. We take it in the host of many people who have participated in communion. When we're baptized, we're baptized with a whole host of people who have been baptized. We participate in a company bigger than ourselves. The original word, words that were that were the communion of saints that the, their, their early fathers wrote was communion sanctorum. And it means communion in holy things, not just saints. And this pointed to many things like baptism, like, like um, actual communion. But the reality is it can include all of creation. Holy things. God created and he said it was good. Wow, that thought could lead us to better treatment of the earth, better treatment of each other too. If we have communion, then we have fellowship with God, with his people, and even with creation. What does that mean for us? And we have participation with God, with people, and with creation. So how do we move through it without leaving too big of a footprint. And we have sharing in and with creation. So how do we treat creation? Francis of Assisi believed this so much, this communion of saints, 
that he started calling the sun brother and the moon sister. Listen to his beautiful, a part of his beautiful canticle of, the, of Brother Moon. Praise be to you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Sun, who is the day through whom you give us light, and he is beautiful and radiant with great splendor. Of you, most high, he bears the likeness. Praise be to you, my Lord, through Sister Moon and the stars. In the heavens you have made them bright, precious, and fair. Praise be to you, my Lord, through Brother's wind and air, and fair and stormy all weather's moods, by which you cherish all that you have made. Praise be to you, my Lord, through sister water, so useful, humble, precious, and pure. Praise be to you, my Lord, through our sister Mother Earth, who sustains us and governs us, producing varied fruits with colored flowers and herbs. So the saints are the people past, present, and future that follow God. Possibly all of creation. One of the things about the time we live in that is really exciting is that we have the ability to access lots of information. I think that's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes too much information is a problem. But we have at our fingertips access to the past. We can Google something and find really bad information, sometimes really good information. But we also have museums and books, articles, movies. And through them, we can travel to the past and find companions that help us on a journey. That's true for, for us with Jesus, right? We have information that talks about Jesus. But we can also find regular humans that can be companions on the journey, part of these this communion of saints. And I found this to be true for me. I've never met Francis of Assisi. And yet his thoughts on descent are what I try to follow. I've never spoken with St. Catherine of Siena. But her imagery of the, the Trinity inspires me. And I've never prayed with St. Ignatius, not in person. And yet his spiritual exercises have been inspirational to me. In fact, I pray one of his prayers every single morning. That prayer is, I beg that all that I am, was, and will be, may be given over the transfiguring love and deep healing of God, and that I may be transformed into God's instrument of love in this world. Then there's St. Teresa of Avila, Avila, St. Julian of Norwich, C.S. Lewis, Bonhoeffer, St. Robert of Toronto, St. Bernard of Grand Manan, both of my grandfathers who passed away but left legacy for me. The beauty of this communion is that it stretches beyond the short life that we live. It ties us to something bigger and yet it keeps us small. We are bigger because the church has done great things over the years and yet we're small because it's done terrible things over the years. The communion of saints places us in a larger community. Our voice, our hands, our feet, our very lives are added to God's people now, but also from the past and into eternity. And our voice becomes one with the great cloud of witnesses. So what does this communion look like? What does a group of people, past, present, and future, in fellowship, participation, and sharing look like? 
We looked at this not that long ago, and I think Mark referenced this scripture last week. But it comes to us in Romans 12, 4 to 13. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. Sounds a little bit like fellowship. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And you have, if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God has given you the ability to... That kind of sounds like participation. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That is love, which is the very definition of fellowship, participation, and sharing. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. That sounds like sharing. For me, this seems like something I would want to be part of. Isn't it good to know that the communion of saints, the church, isn't about rules, regulations, sermons, or what you do on Sundays? It's my hope and prayer that the church looks more and more like this, like a communion of saints, like a participation, like a fellowship, and like sharing. Let me pray with you. God, we do thank you for those that have gone before us, who have led the way, who have taught us both by their successes and by their failures. And God, I pray too for us right now that you would use our successes and failures as encouragement for those who come after. And God, we pray that for those that come after us, God, that they would follow your spirit. And now may Christ dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen.